Come over here. Come up here. Come up here, kids. I will. I love how the Holy Spirit works, and you'll get the rest of the story in a minute. But uh, that scripture, the battle belongs to the Lord, is the scripture I'm preaching on today. <laughs> and we didn't plan this, but somebody did, so that was awesome. Let me pray for you all. Father, I just give you thanks for these little ones. I thank you for your love for them. I thank you for your holy presence in their lives. Father, I pray that you would protect their families, protect them. May they have just a wonderful day today learning about you. And may they leave here with big smiles on their faces. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you all. Oh, they're so good to me. Wow. That was awesome. That's happened to me a number of times. I don't know, you know, I've mentioned this before. Sometimes you ever think, it seems like there's something bigger, bigger than us. So let me explain. This morning is part one of a mini-series that's going to bring our Being Me series to a close. Being Me has been all about being the person the best person that I can possibly be is the me that Christ created me to be, that God created me to be. The problem with being me is me, and that gets in the way sometimes. And we're going to talk about that over the next couple of weeks. So I've entitled the message this morning, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. You ever been in a situation where you just didn't know what to do? So this is what, this is what I love about the Holy Spirit. So this week... You know, we had Independence Day in the middle of the week, which breaks the week up and everything. And I normally know what I'm going to be preaching on quite a ways out. And I've got a new series starting in two weeks. I'm all ready for that. But I had two Sundays, this Sunday and next Sunday, with nothing really planned. And nothing was coming to me. I'm walking around the house and I'm praying, like, God, you know what? What am I going to preach on Sunday? I stand in front of these people and say something. And I never, ever want to get up here and just preach something for the sake of preaching it. If it's not from God, then, you know, you don't want to hear from me. It's really not that exciting. But I'm walking around the house and I'm praying. And, you know, Wednesday is a holiday and Thursday I'm coming in. This is Thursday morning now. And Kim's putting the bulletins together. and She's asking me, what's the title of the sermon? I don't know. <laughs> So I'm wandering around my house. Literally, I'm walking around my house, and I'm praying this. What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? And, I, and God, what do I do when I don't know what to do? And I walked past the fridge. I'm a mobile prayer. I wander when I pray. And we've got a little verse on our fr fridge. It's been there for years and years and years of Second Chronicles 20.12. We have no power to face this vast army that, that is attacking us. We do not know what to do. And as I walked past it, I thought, oh, <laughs> what to do when you don't know what to do? That is the message. Got it, God. And then as I put this together, you know, this is that scripture that talks about the battle belongs to the Lord. And then the kids get up here and start singing that. 
And I just love the way the Holy Spirit works. So what to do when you don't know what to do? I've preached on this passage of Scripture a couple of times in the past, Second Chronicles 20, verses 1 through 30. It's a very powerful passage of Scripture. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And we'll see what God teaches us in this scripture about what to do when you don't know what to do. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your holy presence here with us. I thank you for this message. I thank you, Father. You just blow me away all the time for the affirmation of the leading of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, now I pray your spirit upon each and every one that's here, those who are online, those who will watch later. Open up our hearts to you. Open up our minds, our spirits to you, Father, so that as these words come out of my mouth, they're not my words, they're your words, and they have the power to transform and not just inform. Father, that only happens through the power of your Holy Spirit. So we pray, your Holy Spirit, in this place at this time. Father, take away any negativity. Take away anything that would prevent us from connecting with you in truth this morning. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So 2 Chronicles 21 through 30 says, After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat. So let me give you a bit of context because, you know, after this, after what? So Jehoshaphat is living in that period of time we talked about a couple weeks ago when it's a dark time for the Jewish nation. The, the nation, the, they've come into the Holy Land. They took the Holy Land. God said to them, don't intermarry with those people in there. They will become a stumbling block for you. They didn't listen. And it's all gone downhill. The nation has been divided. In the north is Israel. In the south is Judah. So the nation itself is divided against itself. Jehoshaphat is the king of the southern nation, Judah. Now, to put this a little bit in context, this is the same period of time as Elisha and Elijah. So that stuff is going on, but that's in the northern kingdom. This is in the southern kingdom. Now, he is a good king in a dark time. He's been trying to bring reforms into Judah. So he's been going, him and his people have been going throughout Judah, telling them you can't worship these foreign gods. And he's put Levites and priests in place to judge over the people. And he's warned these Levites and everybody, you, you better do it fairly. You better do it right. You better do it in accordance with God. Don't play favorites. Don't be greedy. So he's been doing all of this good, good stuff. So after this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. Massive army made up of three different nations have all got together, and they're marching in onto Jehoshaphat. And what's more, they're pretty close, king. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Now, I like the way the NIV puts it. So on the next slide, I've kind of, this is what they call a parallel. There's the verse in the NIV. There's the verse in the NLT. The NLT is, is a version that leans more toward um, thought for thought. 
The NIV is, is closer to word for word. And, and it's good to have them both. So you get the emotion out of the NLT and you get kind of more factual out of the NIV. So alarmed, this is NIV, alarmed. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. Alarmed. You ever heard the saving jumping Jehoshaphat? This is where it comes from. This is where it comes from. This, this is what it is. It's where jumping Jehoshaphat comes from. He's alarmed. Oh my gosh, this is going on. Jumping Jehoshaphat. It's amazing. You know, weird. So step one. Step one of what to do when you don't know what to do. And I've got eight of them and they're in your outline. And I've left gaps in between them for you to put your own notes. Be resolved. Be resolved. To be resolved means that you... you you firmly determine to do something. I've got a resolution about me. Well, what is the something that Jehoshaphat was resolved to do? It was to put himself before the Lord. His resolve was, I'm calling on the name of the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. He's going to cry out to him. It's kind of interesting because, you know, in the one version you've got resolved, in the other version, alarmed. And when I went back to the Hebrew, this would have been. Um, there was no single word for either of those words. There was three different, there was, it was kind of a descriptive. And it was this idea of, of being face to face in front of someone. And it, it, there's that sense of, please, please, we need you. So he resolved to call upon the Lord. <laughs> Just imagine. No, I'll get there in a minute. Yeah, just imagine. Let's put this in modern day. Imagine if China, Russia, and North Korea all decided to get together as an alliance, we're going to attack the USA. How would you feel? Alarmed. Jumping Jehoshaphat, right? You'd be kind of scared. And under those kind of circumstances... It puts things in perspective, right? We're a pretty divided country right now with ideologies, political and cultural. You get something like that, and all of a sudden, it minimizes that other stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now, I'm, <laughs> all right, let's go there. Imagine if that was the case, and the president, Joe Biden, says, I call a fast. I call a fast. I want everybody in the country to fast and pray. I wonder how many would say, I'm not going to fast and pray. It's Joe Biden saying that. What does he know about God? I love what these people do. So the people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. The king is called a fast. Something scary is going on. All the people gather together. They come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord. And they're fasting. Anybody ever fast? Just a few. Fasting is not a bad thing. Fasting is a good thing. You know, when you fast, you get hungry. It weakens you. And it's good to be weakened sometimes. For me, the, the, the thing in, with fasting is 
you know, you get into it a few hours. You've got to get into it a good bit of time. And you start to get weak and you depend upon the Lord more. It's like, wow, God, I need your strength. I need your help. I can't think, I can't think straight normally. When I'm fasting, it's even worse. But what I love about it is that it opens my mind up to the Lord. It reminds me, every time I feel hungry, it's like, call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. So they're all doing it. They were resolved, but they were also unified. That's the next B. When you don't know what to do, be unified. Seek unity. Put aside your differences so that you can make a difference. How would it be, you know, if if, as a nation, all of the factions that have different ideologies decided to get together? I don't have to agree with you, but let's pray together. Let's seek the Lord in this. Let's see what God has to say about this. And maybe we'll come out of this and we both still see it differently, but we've been seeking the Lord. They were unified that this is what we need to do. We need to seek the Lord. More than anything else, we can agree on this course of action, no matter what our difference is. Verse 5 says, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, it's a wonderful prayer, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. You Remember when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray? This is it, isn't it? How did he start? Our Father in heaven, may your name be hallowed. May your name be holy. It's getting that right position with who am I praying to? That's the third one is be respectful, be humbled, acknowledge the Lord for who he is before you jump into your needs and your requests, kind of get it in your head who you're kneeling before, who you're calling out to. This is God. This is the King of Kings. This is the Lord of Lords. This is the creator of all things. This is who we're talking to. This is why when angels appeared, you know, in the scriptures, there was terror. There was always terror. It was the immediate response. I I, I don't know about you. Sometimes I'm pretty flippant with my prayers, I think. You know, I'm driving along and I just throw a prayer. Hey, God, could you fix this? Yeah, thanks. It's God. It's God. It's like, wow. That's what it means to, to have that sense of awe and that respect is What it means to fear the Lord, to bring honor to his name. You know, there's a passage in Isaiah chapter 6 where Isaiah has this vision of heaven. And it's thundering and lightning and the building is shaking as he stands before the Lord. And the Lord is on this giant throne and there are these creatures flying around singing praises and The description in Isaiah is of terror to be in the presence of the Lord. So he carries on with his prayer. So he's acknowledged God. God, this is who you are. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when the people, your people of Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, 
such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. The next B is be mindful. could be be thoughtful. When you don't know what to do, remember what the Lord has done. When you don't know what to do, remember what the Lord has done and what he has promised. That's what Jehoshaphat does here. He talks about God, God doesn't need a reminder. Remember your friend Abraham? God, oh, yeah, Abraham. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He didn't need a reminder. <laughs> it's an acknowledgement. This is what God did. And here's what I'm expecting God to do, his promises. When you're in difficult situations, it's always, always, always so powerful. If you don't journal, I don't journal, but my wife does, so I borrow hers. <laughs> when God does incredible things, write it down. So that when you're in a dark time and you're wondering what to do when you don't know what to do, you've got something you can go back to and say, man, God did this. God did this. God did this. The God that did those things is the God that is with me now, and he can deliver me in this if he so chooses. Carries on. Now he presents the problem. And now see, so he honors God. That's the first part of the prayer. Then he acknowledges what God has done and what God can do. And now he presents the problem. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they are rewarding us, how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. O oh, our God. Won't you stop them? And here's the essence here. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. I don't know what to do, God. I don't know how we get around this problem, God. The only thing I know to do is look to you. I don't know what you're going to do in it, but I'm looking to you. The next B is be honest. This is too big for me, God. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I mean, this, and, and there's so many things. You know, people are facing troubles, and, and I'm sure this is for somebody here today or maybe somebody online or, or a number of people. Sometimes we face things in our lives, and we don't know what to do. It's out of our control. And all we can do is pray. All we can do is call on the Lord. And we have that on our fridge for a reason because there's a long period of our lives where we didn't know what to do. But we know who to call on. And he knows what to do. We are powerless against this mighty, mighty army. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you. Verse 30, and as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children, so they've gathered families, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. And I love this. His name was Jehaziel, 
son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. I mean, you know, that Jehaziel, that guy. <laughs> Where is it here? Jehaziel. His dad, his granddad, his great-granddad, his great-great-granddad, who is the ancestor of, and they're Levites. These are the priests. So they're looking to pedigree here. Is this guy that's about to speak in the power of the Holy Spirit? What's the background of this guy? Does he have authority to speak this? Ooh, yeah, sure he does. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. Imagine that, the king's sitting there and the priest comes up, listen, man. (laughs) Off with his head. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, yours, but God's. The next B is be responsive. What I mean by that, typically when you're going through things and you don't know what to do, you've prayed about it, you've read about it, and you still don't know what to do, very often God will speak through someone else will speak his truth into your life through someone who is neutral and maybe not emotionally attached to the problem. Listen to them. Check their pedigree. Is this someone that's close to God? Is this someone that prays? Is this someone that I have respect for as a spiritual person? Don't, you know, one thing that I see people do, we, we tend to stick together like birds of a feather, right? And I've seen this so many times, you know, there's, there's somebody contemplating divorce, so they go to all their divorced friends for advice. Maybe not the right group of people. <laughs> you want advice about your marriage? Go and look for six or seven people that got good, strong, godly marriages and talk to them. That would be a better way to go. You got problems with your kids? It's okay to talk to other people that's got problems with their kids. But look for people who have got rock-solid families. Their kids are doing well. Talk to them. Get some good, sound advice. Be responsive to what the Holy Spirit speaks to you through somebody else. And be responsive to what the Spirit says to you in the Word of God. So he carries on this, Father. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jerul. Awesome. This is where the enemy is going to be. This specific spot. I mean, the enemy's thinking, how do they know that? We're, we're sneaking in on them and they know exactly where we are. But you will not need to fight. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. The next B is be willing. Sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll ask for advice and, you know, we're praying through things and give them advice. But oftentimes there is this sense of, well, if God's doing this, I don't need to do anything. I'd just sit back and relax and let God sort the problem out. 
Very rare does that ever happen in the scripture. Usually God will prompt you to do something. He doesn't fix your problem for you. He fixes your problem with you. There's something involved. So in this particular situation, he gives them this encouragement. The battle's not yours. God's going to do it. Take your positions. Stand up and stand there as if you were going to battle. You're going to have to face this enemy, but I'm with you. Then King Jehoshaphat, so be willing. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. That's humility, the king with his face to the ground. What does that say to all of the people in front of him? And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. What was that like? Jesus! Well, this is before Jesus. Lord God, Yahweh! A loud shout. It's kind of stirring up the neighborhood. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Don't believe in yourselves. Don't trust in yourselves. Your knees may be shaking because you're going to stand up in front of this enemy. God will bring us to a place sometimes that's so scary. What if he doesn't show up? What if they got it wrong? There's three nations coming at us, and we're going to stand in front of them. I don't want to stand in front of them, God. I believe you're strong. Uh, Can you send someone else? I bet they're all standing there and their knees are shaking. Believe in the Lord God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. This is like the Scots, you know, with their kilts and their bagpipes. They always put them out in front. And the enemy be looking like, they don't even have this. That's not even the infantry. They got singers out in front. They must have something we don't know about. They're out front. They're singing praises to the Lord. They're leading the army. It's awesome. But look at what they're saying. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Your next B, be grateful. Be grateful. God, you are God. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. They're singing praises to the Lord before the Lord has done anything. They're giving gratitude to the Lord. Nothing's happened yet. It's a promise. They just have a promise, and they're singing praises. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. Principle you see over and over in Scripture. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. What a sight. Horror. 
People died in battle. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Now here's something you need to understand about God. With God, there is order. With God, there is unity. On the other side of things, there is disorder. There is disunity. You see this principle over and over in Scripture. When we are faithful to the Lord, He brings order and unity. When we are unfaithful to the Lord, you find discourse, discord and disunity. So they kill each other. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables. More than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. Party! They're stacking it up in big piles. Go back out again next day. Go back out again next day. Three days. They're all thinking, man, I can't wait to get back to Jerusalem and take this in and show everybody what we got here. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other values, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. They celebrated. They worshiped the Lord. What a sight it must have been for those left back in Jerusalem who were scared to death. Our little weak army is going out to face three nations. We've called on the Lord. We've prayed. I, I hope, I hope God comes through. And then they come back and they're praising their lyres and trumpets and they're singing and they've got three days worth of booty to bring it into Jerusalem. How would you feel? It's like, yay, God. Our God is the God. Woo. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. So let me go over these eight. Be resolved. I will desperately call on the Lord. I will resolve to call upon the Lord. What does be resolved mean for you? There's a space underneath there. You can write, what does this mean to me? Be unified. I will seek help. I will seek unity. In this situation. I know in the times when we've had that verse on our fridge. One of the things that Sandra and I always sought to do. Was not be against each other. Because so often when you face difficult, difficult circumstances. Emotional circumstances. Stuff that scares you to death. There can be division. Because emotions run high. So one of our prayers was God. Would you, would you unify us? Would you make us of one mind? So whatever we feel you lead us to, we are in agreement. And God always did. Be respectful. I will honor the name of the Lord. No matter what happens, I will honor the name 
of the Lord. Be mindful. I will remember his promises. I will remember what he has done. Be honest. I will admit my own inadequacies, my shortcomings, my fears. I'm dependent upon you, God. I got nothing else. You're it, man. Be responsive. I will listen to the wise, godly counsel that the Lord sends to me. And God does. God does. Be willing. I will do what God tells me to do. If you want the Lord's help, you have to do it the Lord's way. I talk to people sometimes, you know, and they're seeking God's help. But when we get to the point of what's the next action step, so often it'll be something that is contrary to Scripture, contrary to God's way. Because maybe they're in this rut and this is what they've always done. And, you know, you challenge them, no. If we're looking for the Lord to help, it only works when we do it the Lord's way. If you want the Lord to help you in your relationship, make sure your relationship honors the Lord. If you want the Lord to help you in your finances, make sure your finances honor the Lord. If you want the Lord to help you with your time, man, I just, I'm just going crazy. Make sure your time, your use of your time, honors the Lord. If you want the power of the Lord, His hand in your life, try to live in such a manner that honors the Lord. God is going to look at that and say, yeah, I'm on board with that. I can steer this ship. Whatever we do, we must understand that the Lord's blessing, however He chooses to bless us, only comes in a right relationship with the Lord. That's step one. Get that right. And then be grateful. I will give thanks. I will celebrate the Lord. And if you do these things, according to this scripture, you will be at peace. But, here's a part two to this message. It's a tough one. It's next week. They won this battle. They had three days worth of booty to take home. But what's it like when we pray for God to move the mountain and God doesn't move the mountain? What's it like when we pray for God to deliver us from a situation and God doesn't deliver us from that situation? How do we stay faithful in that? How do we continue to give praise to the Lord. What happens when we lose the battle? That's next week's message. It's called Even If. So you've got to come for part two to balance up part one because it'd be great. God, could you fix that? Yeah, got it. Thanks. <clears throat> doesn't always work out that way. But even if it doesn't go the way I want it to go, God, I will still praise your name. How do we get there? So that's next week's message, okay? Do you promise to come back next week or do I need to do it now? <laughs> Let's have a show of votes. Uh, hands up for next week. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, hands up for now. One, two, three, four. Okay, next week have it. I'm sorry. Let's pray.
Father, we never want to take your word lightly. You didn't put it in there for our entertainment. You put it in there for our transformation. And Father, we don't want to make light of the issues and the struggles that people go through. I know there are people who are praying, who are calling out to you. They're in situations and they don't know where this road goes. They don't know what to do. But Father, I pray that they get some encouragement from this message today and that they hold on to that verse. We don't know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are on you. Would you come into this situation? Would you bring your power and your strength into this situation? Father, would you bring unity into this situation? Wherever it goes, you are God. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You hold all things together. Father, you're the only thing holding us together. We just put ourselves in your hands. And I pray for each one, Father, that this may resonate with right now, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, they would be strengthened in the midst of the battle. Surround them with people that will love them, that will care for them, that will pray for them. And Father, may we be those people that you've called us to be in the lives of those who are struggling and don't know what to do. May we be your spirit with flesh and blood on. Father, we pray all of this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.